Hey, welcome to the Project Church podcast. My name is Caleb Cole. I'm the lead pastor here at Project Church in downtown Sacramento. And we're so glad that you came to hear this word. We believe this is going to encourage you, build you up, and give you life. So get ready to receive a message from God. I'm enjoying this series on wrapping Christmas. How about you guys? You've been enjoying that? Yeah, I've... I've loved it. Uh, Today, I will be unwrapping the gift of joy. Somebody say joy. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my, okay. All right, you guys knew it better than second service and there were more people in that room. (laughs) Well done. Well, hey, listen, I am excited about joy. It seems like an excitable thing, but I want to focus here in the beginning on really the difference between joy and happiness. There is a difference. And I thought about the fact that my birthday is coming up next week. Yeah, it's next, next, next week, next Friday. Um, if you want to wish me a happy birthday, Chrissy D. Cole on Instagram. Tell me now, just kidding, kind of. But it's interesting that you don't say joyful birthday. You say happy birthday. Because happiness is something, the birthday is something that happens just once a year. And I'm not going to lie, I get really excited around my birthday. And so it's circumstantial. But the gift that we're unwrapping today is not based off of a certain time of year. It's not a one-day thing. It's not a fleeting thing. It is an eternal gift that Jesus has come to give us. So the gift of joy is what we are wrapping today, unwrapping today. So let's pick it up. Luke 2, 10 through 14, this is the scripture um, in which this whole series is based off of. But it says this, the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Somebody say joy. That will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Somebody say Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. So it's Christmas time. We hear this message every year. We understand that joy is a part of Christmas. We have pillows that say joy, ornaments that say joy. But when I think about joy in my life, there are moments where I have to take inventory. And I want you to stop, pause, and think, and take inventory of the joy that is in your life right now. You know, we talk about joy um, as a flippant thing at times. And, oh, yeah, do you have the joy? We wake up our kids in the mornings and we're like, hey, do you have the joy? No, we say victory. Never mind, that's not going to work. So, <laughs> but <laughs> there's victory, there's joy. But we want to know if there's joy. We, joy is an indicator of what is happening internally. And I wonder if the joy in your, in your time of taking inventory is congruent with the way that you treat people. Is it congruent with the way you treat the barista when they get your order wrong? Surely just at the Starbucks, not our blueprint workers, right? Is, is it congruent, the amount of joy with the way that you're treating your coworkers, your family members, your children? And if there isn't necessarily a congruence, I wonder if we need to take a closer look and perhaps even understand joy at a deeper level. 
because something else is motivating us in the way we're treating people and the way we are behaving. Here's what John Bloom, he's a pastor and an author, and he says this, for so many, Christmas has become a joy mirage. Joy mirage. You know, that makes me think a lot of the times where I feel like I'm really happy, but then something goes wrong and my mood plummets. When we're hungry, a lot of time our moods, they plummet. And it's because our circumstance has changed. I want us to take inventory because this is something to think about in a time that should, quote unquote, be joyous. It should be joyous. But perhaps it's just a mirage for you. I mean, think about it. Shopping is not really a joyous situation. It isn't. When you're fighting crowds or when you're fighting traffic to get to the malls, right? And if I'm being honest, I don't do the malls anymore. I do all my online, all my shopping online. And I don't know about you, but I get so frustrated when I find a deal and I have Prime. So yes, this is that Prime deal that comes in between 4 a.m. and 10 a.m. And you're like, yes, but then you go shopping for other things and you put that thing in your cart. And when you go to check out, you, that time period expired for you get that early Prime delivery. Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? And then it's like, oh, Prime, but two days later, right? We get impatient, and then my joy level has changed, and it makes me wonder, is it even joy that I'm living with? Shopping is not always fun. I think about the holidays and Christmas time, and connecting with family isn't always fun, but that's what you kind of have to do, right? You kind of have to experience your families. I'm looking forward to spending time with my family, but I know that some in this room even don't love or look forward to spending time with their families because for you, it reminds you maybe of some childhood hurts. Maybe it reminds you or you have to prepare yourself for that one uncle who wants to talk about politics or that, um, that person who just wants to talk about themselves. I, I'm, there's just so many things or there's a lot of unforgiveness in the room, but then you just have to look like you're happy and joyful, but perhaps it's just a mirage. Then I think about just Christmas parties, man. Christmas parties, the ones that you don't even want to go to. The ones that you guys are all just going to because you collect your bonus, right? I think about Christmas parties and how they're just so obligatory. And perhaps you realize when all these people are gathering how painstakingly lonely you actually are in the midst of all these connections. This is a time where depression is up and the consumption of drugs and alcohol are up. It is a hard time for many people, but I wanna to submit to you that in this world, there are many who are experiencing this at Christmas time because they're spending loads of money and time chasing happiness. Perhaps we're just chasing happiness and the mirage of joy that we're talking about is leaving you empty. There's emptiness that you're experiencing. There's loneliness that you're experiencing and you're searching for something to substitute for the joy that you are missing. The best way that we can actually define joy, I think, is to delineate between joy and happiness, like I said. Happiness is just a feeling. It comes and goes. It, it's just a reaction to what is happening. That's what happiness is. A reaction 
It's circumstantial. A motivational speaker, um, many of you might know her, Mel Robbins, she says this about joy. Joy lives on the plane that gratitude lives on, that grace lives on, that presence lives on. It's not a feeling, it's a state. I like that definition because it's something deeper than happiness. There's a distinction between joy and God wants you to experience joy this morning. It is a gift. It says that um, the gift of Jesus, the gift of this good news will cause great joy in your life. And if you're not experiencing great joy, perhaps we don't know what joy actually is. But we need to understand joy on a deeper level and a biblical understanding and meaning will help us, I believe. So if we want a deeper understanding, we need to distinguish biblically between joy and happiness. And I thought this was significant that when you look up the word joy and different forms of the word joy, joy, rejoice, or joyful, it appears 430 times. And comparatively to happy and happiness, it only appears 10 times. I think that um, difference in numbers, it shows us the distinction and perhaps the importance of joy. When, there, when there's a word that is used over and over and over in scripture, there's an importance attached to it, a greater importance than happiness. And so I submit to you that we should be searching for something deeper than our circumstantial happiness. And perhaps what we're praying for would be different because we're not searching for a solution for a circumstance, but we're searching for a person who can help the situation. So if we want a deeper biblical understanding of joy, we have to make that distinction, distinction of joy and happiness, but we also have to delineate between joy and great joy. Again, I'm gonna give you some numbers, um, but joy in the ESV version, it comes up, that, just that word comes up uh, 200 times, but there's a distinction here. I'm not trying to talk about importance, I'm talking about a distinction and a delineation, excuse me, um, of great joy. And great joy only appears a handful of times. And they appear, these words, great joy, appears when, they're, when, when the scriptures are talking about a great moment. Somebody say moments. So one time that it says great joy outside of what I just read, that, you know, I bring you good, good news that will bring great joy, right? This great joy comes up in 1 Kings 140. And this is when there's an anointing of David's son who will succeed him. And this is at the height of Israel's power and kingdom. So there's great joy because there's this moment that there is a successor in the kingdom and someone is being um, brought to the throne and there's this moment and activity um, and it's cause for great celebration. And that's because there's a new successor and, and, and the, the kingdom is doing well. So there was great joy. Then in 2 Chronicles 30, 26, we see that there's a celebration over pa of Passover because before this time, uh, the Israelites were in exile, but they come back and they reinstitute and they recognize Passover once again. And so all of them are rejoicing for this restoration, cause for celebration. There's cause for celebration when there's great restoration. And that's great joy. And then another example is that 
um, the dedication of Nehemiah's wall being rebuilt. I think about when we dedicate the kids here, there's cause for celebration. Um, All the families gather. When we are doing baptisms, there's that moment of somebody giving their life to Jesus, and so we celebrate with them. This dedication um, causes great joy among the people, and this wall is rebuilt, and people are returning from exile. This is cause for great joy. These are moments where we experience great joy. And there is a moment today that God is wanting to speak to your heart. And he's saying, I don't want you to just understand or experience this state of happiness. I want you to experience the joy in coming to the saving knowledge of who I am. That's the most important moment of your entire life when you come into the saving knowledge of who he is. So this is a highlight reel this is a highlight reel. I tell people all the time, man, I, I'm never gonna, I'm not gonna post like the most devastating moments of my life on Instagram, all right? I'm gonna post my highlight reels because these are great moments that God gives me and, th- and they're cause for celebration. So when my kid graduates, when they score a goal, when they hit a home run that hasn't happened yet, but when they score a bunch of points, whatever, I'm gonna celebrate them because these are moments of great joy. So if we can even not just understand the difference between joy and happiness, but joy and great joy, we understand that there's a moment. There's a moment. This There was a moment of great joy when Jesus came. So the joy comes as a person. Joy, if we're gonna unwrap joy today, we have to understand it as being a person. The moment the person of Jesus invaded earth. This is the greatest gift. This is a great, great gift of joy. And that gift is a person. That gift is Jesus. So I have three points for you today. Number one, unwrapping joy is knowing that person. It's knowing God. So joy is a person. But in order to experience joy, we have to experience being filled with him. Filled with who he is. First Peter 1, 6 through 9, I think this helps us understand this. In all this, you greatly rejoice. Say, when you say, rejoice. Though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. How many people have suffered some grief in all kinds of trials? These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire may result in praise may result in glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed this rejoicing this praising of God happens when Jesus the person is revealed if you want to be filled up with who he is then you're going to be filled up with the revelation of who he is so you're going to get to know him we're going to get to know him And it goes on to say, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. When you have faith in Jesus, when you come into relationship with Jesus, you are filled with inexpressible, glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Be filled up with the revelation of who Jesus is. And you will have rejoicing in your life. You have a reason to come in here and praise and worship him. And now the reason why we sing has meaning. 
because of who he is, because of who you know. It's not just a thing we do on Sundays. It is a thing that we celebrate. It is a person that we celebrate. So how are you filled with joy? I'm gonna give you the answer that I will give every week. How do you know Jesus? How do you get closer to Jesus? It's by spending time with him, reading his word, and being with his community. It's, it's actually pretty simple, but I, 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 wanna, I wanna help you understand that when we are close to Jesus, we are intentional with our time with him. So outside of Sundays, I want you again, take inventory of your joy by taking inventory of the time you're spending with people. Jesus, God, he is a person. How much time are you spending with him? And I mean, I know sometimes that's interesting. We, we have prayer rooms, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, Tuesday mornings, Wednesday afternoons, and Thursday nights. And sometimes it's like, well, I walk in here and I'm listening to music. What's happening? You know what? If you don't know what to do in those moments when you're spending time with him, you know how you can get to know him? You can read his word. When you read his word, you recognize that this is the revelation of Jesus. These are words that he is speaking. This is the, the revelation of God himself through words that we can read. So get to know him through the word, but also understand that we are the hands and feet of Jesus, right? And God is doing something in all of us, first of all, we're all created in, in his image. So we're all image bearers of God. We can understand who he is to a degree by what he, who created us. And we can understand who he is through the community. You know, there's some moments where people are just like, ah, it's just me and Jesus. I got a good relationship with him. But if you are not having him confirmed by the body of Christ, then I'm afraid that you're on an island unto yourself. You were not called to be isolated. You were called to be a part of the body of Christ and the church that gathers and meets regularly. So how can you be filled with joy? Spend time with him intentional time with him, read his word, and be with his community. Unwrapping joy is knowing God. That's how you can know him. That's how you can be filled with him. But second, unwrapping joy is fearing God. You know, I love that there's a command before the good news of great joy is brought to not fear. It's a great, great, it's a great thought to, no, let's not fear and, and we talked about fear a couple weeks ago when we unwrapped the um, unwrapped courage. But I'm not talking about mustering up courage today. I'm talking about fearing God himself. Like, oh, you want me to be scared? Yeah, I sure do, because there's so many people who are walking in cycles of anxiety and fear and shame and rejection, and you're walking in these cycles because you are fearing everything else but God. If we really understand the greatness of who God is, if we really understand that he is omnipotent, he is the most powerful being in all of the universe, every galaxy, every planet, every, of everything in the universe, he is the most powerful. Think about the most powerful person you know. In influence, in strength, in physical strength, and mental capacity, that strongest person pales in comparison to the greatness of our good, omnipotent God. If you understand how powerful he is, then you start to revere him differently. When you understand, do you know anybody or anything that is here, present at all times? I'm talking not air and oxygen and the elements. I'm talking about a person 
and I'm not talking about Alexa or Siri, because they're turned off sometimes and sometimes go wild. Don't understand. But if you understand the om omnipresence of God, oh man, he is everywhere. He, he sees everything. He sees our thoughts. He knows our heart. He knows things that nobody would ever know. He will know things that my husband will never know. I would never be able to articulate the secrets of my life because only my creator can understand that. So that is how amazing he is. And when I'm talking about his power, when I'm talking about his omnipresence, when I'm talking about his all-knowing, his omniscience, I, I'm talking about a great God who is worthy of being feared. But when I talk about fear, I'm talking about an awesome God who is awe-inspiring and he conjures up wonder in my heart and my mind. Oh, you are awesome. You are worthy to be revered and feared. That is what the fear of God is. And here's the thing, we mix up fearing God with fearing him and being afraid of him, so I'm gonna do everything to be in his good graces. And you know what that actually is? That's you depending on yourself to prove yourself to somebody that you're never gonna be able to prove yourself to on your own. We are only justified through Christ. We are walking in these cycles of fear and anxiety because we trust ourselves too much. And until we fear God, until we fear him, until we trust him, will we break out of some of those cycles? I'm not saying that you will never have fear, never have anxiety, but there's moments where we get, we're gonna be able to capture it quick and fall on our knees and say, I need you again to set me free from that cycle. So there's no condemnation here if you struggle with that. I was having an experience just the other day where I'm like, what, what is this? And I had to submit it to the Lord. We're not perfect, but we have to give our thoughts to God. We have to give it to the all-knowing God who can address our thoughts and our fears and bring them to a place of peace. We're not gonna be able to serve our way to trusting God because you're serving, you're, you're choosing your way. <laughs> to do the right thing, to perceived righteousness. I, I think about um, even that concept, and I, I've probably administered this as advice to some people in here, of like, you just gotta choose joy. And, and hey, listen to me, you do. In some moments, you have to choose joy. But when we focus so much on the choice that we're making and the right choice and the, the perfect choice, then we're putting the onus on us and we need to remove the responsibility. Um, we have to take responsibility, but we can't um, take up the dependence on ourselves and depend on him and him alone. Otherwise, we find ourselves serving um, to get joy. But when we actually fear God, the fear of God makes us serve out of joy. So let's get to the place that where there's the joy of serving the Lord out of the fear of the Lord. Joy comes by knowing him. Joy comes by fearing him. And if we're unwrapping joy, this is my final point. Unwrapping joy is receiving God. We just have to receive God today. Again, I'm not asking you to achieve today. I'm asking you to receive him. Receive him. And what does receiving him looks like, look like? It looks like 
um, receiving his love. I don't think we realize how much we're gonna continue to walk in cycles of darkness and fear and shame and rejection. We're gonna keep on walking in those cycles because we have not accepted and received the love of God. When I, when I think about um, receiving God's love, I think about what we just did this weekend. Um, again, there was a joy to serve with our four Sacramento projects. Um, we have four Sacramento projects every month. Four Sacramento is really just that declaration that Jesus is for Sacramento. We want to be known more for what we are for, not what we are against as the church. So we want to do these projects and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Okay? And here's the thing, the hands and feet of Jesus, if we're gonna be the hands and feet of Jesus, it's gonna take knowing him more. It's gonna take fearing him more. And this is just, just a little something for you to remember. What the, if, 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 you wanna, if you want to receive the love and then be on mission for him and be the hands and feet of Jesus, um, would you serve out of knowing who he is? Would you serve out of knowing who he is? Because it's not gonna get you any closer to God. It's a joy to serve him and I, I think, man, when I really know him, that's when I serve him. I think about my husband. He really knows me. He really knows, knows me. I have a busted wrist, so every week he massages my hands. And every day, and he can testify to this, he massages my feet. He rubs my feet because I asked him to. My husband knows me well. because and, and how can you be the hands and feet of God? <laughs> that was just a joke, guys. I was hoping you would get more laughs. <laughs> It fit better in the earlier part. But if we're gonna be the hands and feet of Jesus, we are gonna know him more. We know him. Oh, Caleb knows me. That was my point. <laughs> so we're gonna be the hands and feet of Jesus. What we did on Saturday at one of our four Sacramento projects was um, we served at the Walnut House Senior Living. And it was so sweet. One of our team members, um, she serves as our one of our uh, production managers, Nikki, she connected with Alex. She's our spiritual formation pastor and she puts together all of our four Sacramento projects. And they're opportunities for us to bring hope to the hopeless. And so we, we went and we were present with the seniors. I didn't get to go, but a group went and they felt loved by the mere presence of people intending on giving them love. And sometimes the love that we are administering, it looks a lot like just being present. And God wants to be with you. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. Forsakes you. He's, he's everywhere. He's, it's not like you have to yell louder or worship louder in order to draw him in. He is there. All you have to do is receive him. Receive his love. Be present with him. Spend time with him. Be present with him because the truth of the matter is God loves you so much that John 3, 16, he loves for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, the other time you see everlasting in scriptures, it's when we're talking about the everlasting joy of Jesus, the everlasting love. And, and when you, we're talking about everlasting life, we're not just talking about the life after death. We're talking about everlasting love and life while we are here on this earth. We can experience the love of Jesus right now if we could just be present with him and receive him.
here's the thing, if we're receiving God, we're receiving his love. And I think there needs to be a revelation of Jesus, revelation of his love for you. Ephesians 3, 17 through 18. And I would say that this is the prayer of, of me and Caleb's heart for you, our staff's heart. This is our heart. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. If there's one mission of Project Church, yes, lead people to find life and freedom in Jesus, but it's to know Jesus. And to know Jesus is to know his love. And to know his love is to experience the joy he has for us and therefore gives us joy. He gifts us joy. So I want there to be a revelation. God, may you reveal your heart to your people that you love them so much that you sent your only son and there is great height and great depth of your love. I think about even just that glory to God in the highest. Glory to God. He is on the highest throne. He is the highest place. He is the greatest power. He is the greatest dominion. He is the highest that there ever was. And he loves you to that height. He loves you in your high times. He is responsible for your high times. He's responsible for the good things. He's responsible for all the things that you're celebrating because he is the father and the good father who gives good gifts to his people. He loves you so high to the greatest heights so we can experience his love in the high times. I'm not asking you all. There's moments where we're like, gosh, is that Christian life just suffering? Oh, we just have to make it through until we get to, get to heaven. Oh, God wants you to have high moments. And when we give him glory, you experience great joy, greater joy. But also he understands the great depths, Isaiah 53, three through six. This is a prophecy that was given about the person who would come and save the world. And that's Jesus. And here's what this scripture says, Isaiah 53, three through six. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised. We esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him, upon Jesus, was a chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us, of us all. Jesus bore every sin that we have ever carried on our in our lives. He carried it all upon himself because he loved us so much. And he, in this scripture, is he, he is named the man of sorrows. So the sins that have either, either hurt you or the sins that you've committed that have hurt others. He took all those sins on his back when he hung on a cross between two thieves. That man of sorrows, he suffered much. He suffered as he walked through this, this, this earth. So he is well acquainted with some of the deepest, darkest parts of your life. 
His love reaches to the highest heights, but also to the deepest, darkest parts of your life that have caused you to be afflicted, that have caused you to feel rejected, that have caused you to feel like you weren't enough. But Jesus, he understands the depths of your grief. He is the man of sorrows. This man who loves us so much to the greatest heights and the greatest depths, he will go to the greatest lengths to know you, to let you know him, for you to come into the awareness and the understanding and the revelation of who he is, the saving knowledge of who he is. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And then Luke 16, 22, so also you have sorrow now. How many people have some sorrows now? Hmm. But I will see you again. This is what Jesus is saying. And your hearts will rejoice. Your hearts will rejoice. I don't know what you're experiencing right now. I feel it heavier in the room than I felt any other room. But you will rejoice again and no one will take your joy from you. You know why? It's because when he ascended to heaven to be at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us, what happened was that he sent another part of him. He sent another person, and it is the person who is with the triune God, God the Father, God the Son. He sent God, the Holy Spirit, to live and dwell among us so that we can be directed by him, guided by him, and led to the greatest points and measures of joy that we could ever experience. The Holy Spirit is not just this ghost, is not just this realm, is not just this ethereal thing. It is a person. So if we're gonna unwrap joy, we're gonna understand him as the person. We're gonna know God, know Jesus, know Holy Spirit. We're going to fear him. And of course, we're going to receive him. We're going to receive him. We need him. No more self-sufficiency, no more self-dependence. We need him. Paul learned the secret of being true, truly joyful, truly content, greater than happy. This is the secret sauce, guys, to our faith. Philippians 4, 11 through 14. I'm gonna read it from the screen. This is the secret sauce, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Also our word for joy and happiness. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I've learned the secret, somebody say secret, of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need, the highs and lows. I can do all things through Him, somebody say Him, who strengthens me. This morning, we need a revelation of who He is. We need more of Him. We don't need to be praying for solutions to the problems. We need to be praying for a person to invade the circumstances that we find ourselves that are helping us and hurting us and perhaps causing us to depend on ourselves. We need the person of Jesus to change our situation. We need the person of Jesus to infuse us with a revelation of who he is so that we can carry and walk out this life with the uttermost joy. That is the gift that we can experience today. Would you bow your heads in this place? Mm. 
man, talking about joy in a time where we know that a lot of people don't experience a lot of joy. In fact, a lot of depression and a lot of hurt and a lot of confused feelings even. So I wanna just pray for some of you who might need some joy in your life. Perhaps there have been some hard things, dark things, hurtful things that you've been walking through. I just wanna pray that God would just um, reveal himself to you in that situation. Sometimes in our greatest hurts and in our greatest um, darkest areas, sometimes we just need to see that he is there. So if that's you in this place and you just want some joy this morning, you want to be uh, prayed over and then you would want to be showered with greater joy. If that's you and there's a circumstance that you're facing, could you raise your hand? I want to pray for you. All right, yeah, I see hands going up. Hands, hands, yep. Yeah. Dear Jesus, we just come before you and we say thank you that you are the joy bringer. You are joy, the person of joy. So we ask, Lord, that you would invade the situations and circumstances that people have raised their hand for with more of you. God, help us to see through your perspective. God, help us to see that you care. Help us to see that you are sovereign. Help us to understand that you are in control. So we right now relinquish control and we give it back to you. All the areas that we are trying to satisfy our own life with things that will never complete satisfy, we give them over to you. We ask that you would invade our hearts, that you would reveal to us where you need to change us from the inside out. So God, have your way by administering more joy right now, more revelation of you, more revelation of your goodness, your kindness, that you have plans to prosper people, not to harm them, plans to give them a future so they have a reason to hope in this place because of the person of joy, the person of Jesus. So right now, right now, we ask for just an impartation of supernatural joy in Jesus' name, Jesus' name. And if there's anybody else in this room who you wanna walk that faith walk and you want that joy back by recommitting to Jesus and having a relationship with the Father, having a relationship with Him where He is the Lord of your life, the Lord of your heart that motivates you, that that moves you, that directs you. If you want to make him the Lord of your life right now, if that's you in this place, I wanna just ask you to raise your hand on the count of three. I wanna pray over you and all of us are gonna pray with you so that you can make this declaration of faith. If you wanna know Jesus, reconnect with him, recommit your life or commit to him for the first time, if that's you in this place, I've got to count to three, would you raise your hand? One, two, three. I see that hand, 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 hand. Everybody in this room, would you repeat after me with all those who raise their hands? Dear Jesus, thank you for being my joy, for bringing me here. So I accept you today. Come into my life. Become the Lord of my life. All other things fall by the wayside. I accept you. I believe that you died and you rose again so that I might have a joyful life, a full life. So I confess my need of you. I'm a sinner. I need you to wash me clean, make me whole, heal my heart, and change me from the inside out. I don't wanna be the same again. Give me the faith and give me the strength to live for you.
for the rest of my life. I love you, Jesus. May I experience your joy today. Amen and amen, amen. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.